The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the London Visited Podcast on your favourite podcast provider, bringing to you the facts, history and information about different parts of this great capital. If you have been to London, are planning on visiting, live here or just love London from afar, then this is the podcast for you. Hi, I'm Steve and welcome to our podcast. We're here for all things London and to tell you more behind some of the iconic places and people in London's history. In this episode, we go to Westminster Abbey, the iconic place in the middle of Westminster, which I can't believe we haven't covered before. And this is our first of three parts of our podcast, Looking at Westminster Abbey. Don't forget to visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel, London Visited, to see videos covering Westminster Abbey and so many other amazing places across London. Also, if you love the podcast on the channel, why not join us as a member? Join our group of what we like to call our London Visited Crown Jewels, where there are many different benefits, including a members-only monthly podcast. Have a look by going to patreon.com forward slash London Visited. And now to this week's podcast. Westminster Abbey, formerly titled the Collegiate Church of St. Peter at Westminster, is an Anglican church in the city of Westminster. Since 1066, it has been the location of coronations of 40 English and British monarchs and a burial site for 18 English, Scottish and British monarchs. At least 16 royal weddings have taken place at the Abbey since 1100. Although the origins of the church are obscure, there was certainly an abbey operating on the site by the mid-10th century, housing Benedictine monks. The church first got its grand building in the 1060s under the auspices of the English king Edward the Confessor, who is buried inside. Construction of the present church began in 1245 on the orders of Henry III. The monastery was dissolved in 1559 and the church was made a royal peculiar, a Church of England church responsible directly to the sovereign by Elizabeth I. By 1987, the Abbey, altogether with the Palace of Westminster and St Margaret's Church, was designated a UNESCO World Heritage Site because of its historic and symbolic significance. The Gothic architecture of the church is chiefly inspired by French and English styles from the 13th century although some sections of the church show earlier Romanesque styles or later Baroque and modern styles. The Henry VII Chapel at the east end of the church is a typical example of a perpendicular Gothic architecture. The antiquarian John Leland said of it that it was a wonder of the world. The abbey is the burial site of more than 3,300 people, many of prominence in British history, monarchs, prime ministers, poets, laureates, actors, scientists, military leaders and the unknown warrior. Due to the fame of the figures buried there, artist William Morris described the Abbey in 1900 as a national Valhalla. Although historians agree that there was a monastery dedicated to St Peter on the site prior to the 11th century, its exact origin is somewhat obscure. One legend claims that it was founded by the Saxon king of Essex and another that its founder was the fictional 2nd century British king Lucius. One tradition claims that a young fisherman on the River Thames had a vision of St Peter near the site. 
This seems to have been quoted as the origin of the salmon that the Thames fishermen offered to the Abbey, a custom still observed annually by the Fishmongers' Company. The origins of the Abbey are generally thought to date to circa 959, when St Dunstan and King Edgar installed a community of Benedictine monks on the site. At that time, the location was an island in the middle of the River Thames called Thurn E. This building has not survived, but archaeologists have found some pottery and foundations from this period on the Abbey site. Between 1042 and 1052, Edward the Confessor began rebuilding St Peter's Abbey to provide himself with a royal burial church. It was built in the Romanesque style and was the first church in England built on a curious form floor plan. Endowments from Edward supported a community that increased from a dozen monks during Dunstan's time to up to as many as 80. The building was completed around 1060 and was consecrated on the 28th of December 1065 only a week before Edward's death on the 5th of January 1066. A week later, he was buried in the church. Nine years later, his wife Edith was buried alongside him. His successor, Harold Godwinson, was probably crowned here, although first documented coronation is that of William the Conqueror later that year. The only extant depiction of Edward's abbey is in the Bayeux Tapestry. The foundations still survive under the present church, and above the ground, some parts of the lower monastic dormitory survive in the undercroft, including a door said to have come from the previous Saxon abbey. It was a little smaller than the current church with a central tower. In 1103, 37 years after his death, Edward's tomb was reopened by Abbot Gilbert Crispin and Henry I, who discovered that his body was still in perfect condition. This was considered proof of his saintliness, and he was canonised in 1061. Two years later, he was moved to a new shrine, during which time his ring was removed and placed in the Abbey's collection. The Abbey became more closely associated with royalty from the second half of the 12th century, as kings increasingly used the nearby Palace of Westminster as their seat of their government. In 1222, the Abbey was officially granted exemption from the Bishop of London's jurisdiction, making it answerable only to the head of the church itself. By this time, it owned a large swathe of land around it, from modern-day Oxford Street to the Thames, plus entire parishes in the City of London, such as St Auburn Wood Street and St Magnus the Martyr, and several wharfs. Outside London, the Abbey owned estates across south-east England, including in Middlesex, Hertfordshire, Essex, Oxfordshire and Gloucestershire. The Abbot was also Lord of the Manor in Westminster, as a town of two and 3,000 people grew around the Abbey. As a consumer and employer on a grand scale, the Abbey helped fuel the town's economy, and relations with the town remained unusually cordial, but no enfranchising charter was issued until the Middle Ages. Westminster Abbey continued to be used as a coronation site, but after Edward the Confessor, no monarchs were buried there until Henry III began to rebuild it in the Gothic style as to a shrine to venerate Edward, as a competitor to match the great French churches such as Reims Cathedral and St Chapel and as a burial place for himself and his family. Construction began on the 6th of July 1245 under Henry's master mason, Henry of Reigns. The first building stage included the entire eastern end, the transepts and the easternmost bay of the nave. The Lady Chapel, built from around 1220 at the extreme eastern end, was to incorporate the chevalet of the new building, but has since been replaced by the Henry VII Chapel. Around 1253, 
Henry of Reigns was replaced by John of Gloucester, who was replaced by Robert of Beverley around 1260. During the summer, there were up to 400 workers on the site at a time, including stonecutters, marblers, stonelayers, carpenters, painters and their assistants, marble polishers, smiths, glaziers, plumbers, and general labourers. From 1257, Henry III held assemblies of the local representatives in Westminster Abbey's chapter house, which were a precursor to the House of Commons. Henry III also commissioned the Cosmati pavement in front of the high altar. Father building work carried the nave an additional five bays, bringing it to one bay west of the choir. Here, construction stopped at about 1269. By 1261 alone, Henry had spent £29,345, 19 shillings and 6 pence on the abbey, and the final sum may have been in the region of £50,000. A consecration ceremony was held on the 13th of October 1269, during which the remains of Edward the Confessor were moved to their present location, at the shrine behind the main altar. But after Henry's death and burial in the abbey in 1272, construction did not resume, and Edward the Confessor's old Romanesque nave remained attached to the new building for over a century. In 1296, Edward I captured the Scottish coronation stone, the Stone of Scone, and had the coronation chair made to hold it, which he entrusted to the abbot at Westminster Abbey. In 1303, a small crypt underneath the chapter house was broken into, and a great deal of the king's treasure stolen. It was thought that the thieves must have been helped by the abbey monks, 50 of whom were subsequently imprisoned in the Tower of London. From 1376, Abbot Nicholas Linnington and Richard II donated large sums to finish the church, and the remainder of the old nave was pulled down and rebuilding recommenced, with his mason Henry Yeville closely following the original design, even though it was now over 100 years out of date. During the Peasants' Revolt of 1381, Richard prayed at Edward the Confessor's shrine for divine aid when human counsel was altogether wanting, before meeting the rebels at Smithfield. To this day, the abbey holds his full-length portrait, the earliest of an English king, on display near the west door. However, building work was not to be fully completed for many years. Henry V, disappointed with the abbey's unfinished state, gave extra funds towards the rebuilding, and in his will left instructions for a chantry chapel to be built over his tomb, which can be viewed from the ground level today. Between 1470 and 1471, because of the fallout from the War of the Roses, Elizabeth Woodville, the wife of Edward IV, took sanctuary at Westminster Abbey while her husband was deposed and gave birth to the future Edward V in the abbot's house. Building work finally reached the end of the nave, finishing with the west window in 1495. Under Henry VII, the 13th century Lady Chapel was demolished and rebuilt in perpendicular Gothic style and is now often known as the Henry VII Chapel. Work was begun in 1503 and the main structure was completed by 1509, although decorative work continued for several years afterwards. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastic into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Henry's original reason for building such a grand chapel was to have a place suitable for the burial of another saint alongside the confessor, 
as he planned on having Henry VI canonized. The Pope asked Henry VII for a larger sum of money to achieve sainthood for his predecessor, which he was not willing to hand over. And so instead, Edward VII is buried in the center of the chapel with his wife, Elizabeth of York. A view of the abbey, dated 1532, shows a lantern tower above the crossing, but it is not shown in any later depiction. It is unlikely that the loss of this feature was caused by any catastrophic event, but structural failure seems more likely. However, other sources maintain that a lantern tower was never built. The current squat pyramid dates back from the 18th century. The painted wooden ceiling below it was installed during repairs to World War II bomb damage. In the early 16th century, a project began under Abbot John Islip to add two towers to the western end of the church. These were partially built up to the roof level of the church when building work stopped because of the uncertainty caused by the English Reformation. In the 1530s, Henry VIII broke away from the authority of the Catholic Church in Rome and seized control of England's monasteries, including Westminster Abbey, beginning the English Reformation. In 1535, when the king's officers assessed the abbey's funds, their annual income was £3,000. Henry's agents removed many relics, saints' images, and treasures from the abbey. The golden feretory that housed the coffin of Edward the Confessor was melted down, and the monks even hid his bones to save them from destruction. The monastery was dissolved, and the building became the cathedral for the newly created Diocese of Westminster. The abbot, William Benson, became the new dean of the cathedral, while the prior and five of the monks were among the twelve newly created canons. The Westminster Diocese was dissolved in 1550, but the abbey was recognized in 1552, retroactively to 1550, as a second cathedral of the Diocese of London until 1556. The already old expression, robbing Peter to pay Paul, may have been given a new lease of life when money meant for the abbey, which was dedicated to St. Peter, was diverted to the treasury of St. Paul's Cathedral. The abbey saw the return of the Benedictine monks under the Catholic Mary I, but they were again ejected under Elizabeth I in 1559. In 1560, Elizabeth re-established Westminster as a royal peculiar, a church of the Church of England, responsible directly to the sovereign, rather than to a diocesan bishop, and made it at the Collegiate Church of St. Peter, that is, non-cathedral church with an attached chapter of canons, headed by a dean. From this date onwards, although the building is still called an abbey, it is, strictly speaking, simply a church. Elizabeth also refounded Westminster School, providing for 40 students known as the King's or Queen's Scholars and their schoolmasters. The King's Scholars have a duty of shouting Viviat Vex or Viviat Regina, long live the King, Queen, during the coronation of any new monarch. To this day, the Dean of Westminster Abbey remains the chair of the School of Governors. In the early 17th century, the Abbey hosted two of the six companies of churchmen who preceded the King James Version of the Bible. They used the Jerusalem Chamber in the Abbey for their meetings. The first company was headed by the Dean of the Abbey himself, Lancelot Andrews. In 1642, the English Civil War broke out between Charles I and his own Parliament. The Dean and Chapter fled the Abbey at the outbreak of war and were replaced by priests loyal to Parliament. The Abbey itself suffered damage during the war, when altars, stained glass and the organ and the crown jewels were damaged or destroyed. Lord Protector Oliver Cromwell was given an elaborate funeral there in 1658, only for a body thought to be Cromwell's to be disinterred in January 1661, and possibly hanged from a gibbet at Tyburn. 
1669, the abbey was visited by the diarist Samuel Pepys, who saw the body of the 15th century queen Catherine de Valois. She had been buried in the 13th century Lady Chapel in 1437, but was exhumed during building work for the Henry VII Chapel and not reburied in the intervening 150 years. Pepys leaned into the coffin and kissed her on the mouth, writing, This was my birthday, 36 years old, and I did first kiss a queen. She has since been reinterred close to her husband, Henry V. In 1685, during preparations for the coronation of James II, a workman accidentally put a scaffolding pole through the coffin of Edward the Confessor. A chorister, James Taylor, pulled a cross on a chain out of the coffin and gave it to the king, who then gave it to the Pope. Its whereabouts today are unknown. At the end of the 17th century, the architect Christopher Wren was appointed to the Abbey's first surveyor of the fabric and began a project to restore the exterior of the church, which was continued by his successor, William Dickinson. After over 200 years, the Abbey's two western towers were finally built in the 1740s in a Gothic Baroque style by Nicholas Hawksmoor and John James. On the 11th of November 1760, the funeral of George II was held at the Abbey and the King was interred next to his late wife, Catherine of Ansbeck. He left instructions for the sides of his and his wife's coffins to be removed so that their remains could mingle. He was the last monarch to be buried in the Abbey. At around the same time, the tomb of Richard II developed a hole through which visitors could put their hand. Several of his bones went missing, including a jawbone, which was taken by a boy from Westminster School and kept in the family until 1906, when it was returned to the Abbey. In the 1830s, a previous screen dividing the nave from the choir, which had been designed by Nicholas Hawksmoor, was replaced by one designed by Edward Bloor. The screen contains the monuments for the scientist Isaac Newton and the military general James Stanhope. Further rebuilding and restoration occurred in the 19th century under the architect George Gilbert Scott, who rebuilt sections of the chapter house and north porches and designed a new altar for the crossing. His successor, J.L. Pearson, finished the work on the north porches and also reconstructed the northern rose window. The Abbey saw prayers for prisoners suffragette protests in 1913 and 1914. Protesters attended services and interrupted proceedings by chanting, God save Mrs. Pankhurst, and praying for suffragette prisoners. In one protest, a woman chained herself to the chair during a sermon by the Archbishop of Canterbury. On the 11th of June 1914, a bomb planted by suffragettes of the Women's Social and Political Union exploded inside the Abbey. The Abbey was busy with visitors, with around 80 to 100 people in the building at the time of the explosion. Some were as close as 20 yards, 18 metres from the bomb, and the explosion caused a panic for the exits, but no serious injuries were reported. The bomb blew off a corner of the coronation chair when it caused the stone of scone to break in half, although this was not discovered until 1950, when four Scottish nationalists broke into the church to steal the stone and return it to Scotland. The bomb had been packed with nuts and bolts to act as shrapnel. The event was part of a campaign of bombing and arson attacks carried out by suffragettes nationwide between 1912 and 1914. Churches were a particular target, as it was believed that the Church of England was complicit in reinforcing opposition to women's suffrage. 32 churches were attacked nationwide between 1913 and 1914. Coincidentally, at the time of the explosion, the House of Commons, only 100 yards, 90 metres away, was debating how to deal with the violent tactics of the suffragettes. Many in the Commons heard the explosion and rushed to the scene. 
Two days after the Westminster Abbey bombing, a second suffragette bomb was discovered before it could explode at St Paul's Cathedral. In preparation for bombing raids during World War II, the coronation chair and many of the Abbey's records were moved out of the city, and the stone of scum was buried. On the night of the 10th of May 1941, and the early morning of the 11th, the Westminster Abbey precincts and roof were hit by incendiary bombs. Although the Auxiliary Fire Service and the Abbey's own fire watchers were able to stop the fire spreading to the whole of the church, the deanery and three residences of Abbey clergy and staff were badly damaged, and the lantern tower above the crossing collapsed, leaving the Abbey open to the sky. The cost of the damage was estimated at £135,000. Some damage can still be seen in the RAF chapel, where a small hole in the wall was created by a bomb that fell outside the chapel. However, no one was killed, and the Abbey continued to hold services throughout the war. When hostilities ceased, evacuated objects were returned to the Abbey. 60,000 sandbags were moved out, and a new permanent roof was built over the crossing. Two North Axis entrance halls for the West Front were designed by the architects Edwin Lutchins and Edwin Moff during World War II, but were not built. Because of its outstanding universal value, the Abbey was designated a UNESCO World Heritage Site in 1987, together with the nearby Palace of Westminster and St Margaret's Church. In 1997, the Abbey was then receiving approximately 1.75 million visitors per year, began charging admission fees to visitors at the door, although a fee for entering the eastern half of the church had existed prior to 1600. So, I hope you've enjoyed our first part look at Westminster Abbey, and there's so much more to find out in the upcoming series. Now, if you'd like to make contact with us or suggest any places you'd like us to feature in future podcasts, you can let me know through our website, londonvisited.co.uk, or our social media. It's that easy. Thanks for listening. Really hope you've enjoyed our podcast, and we'll see you soon on the next one. Bye. Thanks for listening and please don't forget to subscribe to get more shows direct to your device. Also, why not visit our London Visited YouTube channel to get even more of London. Catch you soon on the next one.